Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawái es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously. Shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Garopay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Emmy Award-winning journalist Liliana Vasquez shares her heartfelt testimony of her six-year infertility journey, what she learned, and how she's committed to educating and advocating for other women on similar paths. We read the books. We bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen. I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Hello, Pamela. Hi, Karen. <laughs> Hi, ladies. So welcome, everyone, to this Mother's Moment episode. Again, on a very important issue. Um, but more than anything, it's a very heartfelt, honest, authentic testimony from an expecting mother. Yes, and truly, I think, a, an inspiring story. So I have followed our guests on social media for a while and seen kind of different things that she has been very vocal about. And I think that she's going to be a very good guest. The main reason why we wanted to have her on was because... Aside from just sharing her personal journey, I think she's taken all the pain, all the lessons learned and kind of turned them into a bigger cause, right? Yeah. So now she's educating and advocating. So all that pain and hurt that she went through has now been turned into something positive that she's doing with. And we're also celebrating the fact that she's expecting, right? Yes. So like every, like they always say, it's worth the while. And when it takes you so much longer to get to that point, to kind of get to see the light after such a dark tunnel, I think the, the satisfaction, the joy, and the happiness is just mm -hmm. greater. Before we introduce her, let's get into our motherish moment. So for me, uh, my motherish moment is about Victoria being a little bit, I know this is super weird, but she's acting very mature lately. I don't know if it's like a trap She's or like something. two going on to like 12. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's also being very free and adventurous. On Thursdays, I work at my mom's house. And so my dad usually comes home early from work to just like spend quality time with Victoria. And apparently they were outside and she was catching lizards. Like she was literally I grabbing, yeah, <laughs> grabbing the lizard, putting it down, laughing, grabbing another lizard. And I'm just like... I don't want to take that away from her and I don't want to like impose any of my fears. I'm not afraid of lizards, but I'd rather not grab them, you know? I love that she's just so 
courageous and has no kind of like fear over these things because I think that's just how humans start right like we just develop all these fears right, later or people on. impose those fears on yeah. to you and then you so I told my husband who also strongly dislikes grabbing any kind of bug or insect or rodent I was like look the positive way to look at this is now we have someone who lives with us who can just take care of the bugs <laughs> for <work>. us so <laughs> just in awe of my daughter and how different she is than me and which is fun and fun yeah so my motherish moment I know I tend to I was listening to past episodes I usually have a high one mm-hmm. because I'm very emotional with anything that has to do with Ford <laughs> I actually have a low one this week um, so Ford had his first and I told you about this his first nose bleeding episode oh, yeah which visually was very traumatizing and very tough to witness. So he's taking swimming classes and his swimming class had noticed it was a little bit, he had a little bit of a runny nose. And he noticed, hey, you know, I saw a little bit of blood in like his nose. So I was like, okay. That day they happened to have a doctor's appointment for his shots, his one-year-old vaccines. And um, I tell the doctor, so when she went to check on his nose, I don't know what happened, but he just started like, all this gushing blood out of his little nostril and just like I started you know freaking out the doctor said you need to calm down Mm -hmm. you know right away they got me an appointment with like this amazing ENT they gave me an appointment like I think two hours later so it was like one of those days where I kind of just had to call work I never ever call in sick at work Mm -hmm. you know and it was like you know what these are where sick days are for like this is my priority like I don't care I kind of like it was, I guess, the first time where I kind of had to find myself as a working mom making those tough decisions to and just choice. saying, you know what, this is like number one, I don't care. So yeah. I even considered like maybe I have time to go over there and make it back to the studio. I was with you I that know. day and I was like, no. I'm like, you know what, no, this no. is like, I don't want to be stressing <laughs> about, you know, we do live TV. So it's not yeah. like, oh, I could be five minutes later. No, you no. can't be late. You have to be. I called my executive producer and I was like, listen, Yuri, like this had happened. Like, I think he's going to be fine, but I'm going to take him to the specialist and they're going to check him out and kind of clean his nose and see what it is. You know, and he had just fallen down the stairs three days before. So I was like, I hope it's not related to the fall, which it was not. Anyhow, we took him to the specialist. Everything was great. It was fine. It was just like a little blood vessel and like a scratch he had inside his little nostril. So visually it was a lot worse yeah, than yeah, yeah. what it really was. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the days where, like, I found myself driving around from doctor to doctor, like, canceling work and did it. But at the end of the day, I'm glad that I was with him and that everything turned out okay. And um, and that's it. So that was my mother's yeah. moment of the and week. And I think you're, it, it's one of those moments which we all will go through through this parenting journey where you have to time to put your resilient face on because you have no choice but to continue going be strong and face it and think and be able to react and make decisions even though emotionally you're like "Ah," feeling so frazzled but you got to just keep going aloha mamá donde andas (laughs) seguro de compras tengo mucho que contarte hawaii es increíble he estado de un lado a otro comunidad todos son súper talentosos Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously. Shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. (laughs) No one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. 
Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Garopay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com para detalles. So let's introduce our guest. We're so excited that she's joining us today. So she's Emmy Award winning journalist Liliana. Is also trailblazing interviewer, style expert, author, and so many other things. But the most important title, she's expecting mother of her first baby after a long journey of with infertility. So she's joining us to share her story and what she's doing about it. So thank you, Liliana, and welcome to Motherish Moments. Oh, thank you for having me. I love hearing the highs and the lows. I think that's one of the things that's so important about, for me, impending motherhood is that there's going to be really amazing moments when you see your child like shine and grow and become the person they are. And then there's moments where you're like, oh my God, there's still such a baby. I have so much nurturing to do. So I love hearing that from you guys. Thank you for sharing that. That's such a cute part of this podcast. <laughs> First of all, how are you feeling? How far are you? You know, tell us about this, this pregnancy so far. I think I'm 30 weeks this weekend. So I'm definitely in my third trimester. Um, I have about 10 weeks to go. And how am I feeling? It's a complicated question. Sometimes the answer changes depending on what time of day you ask me. I tend to be a lot better in the mornings. I work a really early schedule. So I am at work by 5.30 a.m. <laughs> And then by the end of the day, which for me happens a lot earlier than I think for most people, the end of my day is closer to like three-ish. Tired. I'm really tired. So my schedule's been flipped on its head just because we start so early because we're live to the East Coast and I'm in LA. Um, so mornings are a lot easier. Um, evenings are hard and the heartburn just won't quit. I don't know why no one told me about this. <laughs> um, I've never had heartburn in well, my this, I don't know if it's a laughing myth, but apparently if you have a lot of heartburn, it's because the baby's going to be born with a lot of hair. I, no I scientific I mean, well, explanation hello. behind it. But that's what I heard. So take us back, Lena, to 2015 and, you know, this conversation you have with your OBGYN and this test that she tell, he or she tells you to take and what the results revealed. I was doing my normal annual checkup at my doctor. Her name's Dr. Morgan. She's like one of the best doctors in New York. She's one of those doctors that I think is more health advocate and partner than just physician. And I think I say that because... It's really important that that's who our physicians are in our lives, regardless of who that doctor is or what they specialize in. And um, she knew my age and she knew that I had just started like a pretty amazing job that I was really excited about. And she was just asking questions and said, you know, I know you've been married for a while. Is family something that you guys are considering? And I said, yeah, of course, just not right now. I said, you know, I literally just started working for Meredith Vieira on her show. I'm a contributor at the Today Show. I have like two dream jobs in one year. Like, I'm not even thinking about right. getting pregnant Out. But in the future, yeah, that's something that's a priority for my husband and I. And she said, okay. She's like, well, just knowing that and knowing your age. She's like, and I just want to run. Indiana, you, you had a healthy background. You were, you know. Yeah. I've never had like an abnormal pap smear. I had never had PCOS. I had never had any kind of issues that I would have thought in my naivete at the time would indicate that I would have fertility issues in the future. I ate healthy. I worked out. All of the things that people tell right. you that like you need to do to practice a healthy lifestyle. And so she said, I'm going to run um, an anti-malarian 
hormone test on you. And I said, oh, no, no, I'm not traveling anywhere that malaria <laughs> would be an issue. I don't need that test. No. And she's like, okay. She goes, it's anti-mullerian hormone, which is AMH. It's an indicator of a woman's ovarian reserve. And she also was very upfront and said, listen, this has nothing to do with your egg quality. It is simply a measure of your quantity. And I thought, okay, sure, run it. What is it? She's like, it's a blood test. Takes two seconds. Great. So she ran it and she called me the next day. And anytime you get a call from your doctor the next day, it's never a good thing. Right. Um, I was actually between live shows. I was between the Today Show and Meredith Vieira. And she said, do you have a minute? And I said, oh my gosh, I thought I had ovarian cancer. I thought something horrible had happened. And she said, listen, your test came back and your number is so low that it's almost undetectable. Wow. And she goes, this is really rare. You're only 35 and your levels are that of somebody who's about to enter menopause. So I think it's a mistake on the lab's part. I think you should come back and repeat the test. So I did. The second test came back lower than the first. Wow. And it confirmed what I think she feared, which was that at 35, my ovarian reserve was so low that the chances of me getting pregnant naturally were pretty much non-existent. And even if I was able to afford IVF and go through with IVF, that I would still really struggle to get pregnant with my own eggs because I just had so few eggs to recruit from. And that immediately made me feel like I wasn't woman enough. It made me feel really ashamed and it made me feel really guilty. And the guilt part is something that I really talk about very openly because as a Latina, I can't tell you how many times people have told me that I'm prioritizing my career yeah. over a family. I mean, I was told that I was prioritizing education over a family because I chose to go to college. These are very, very dangerous things that we say to each other. And what I think this happens a lot in communities of color. I can only speak for my experience in being Latina, but I have always felt guilt about that because I didn't choose a more traditional path or what my family defines as traditional. And they're right, I didn't. I wanted to get an education. I wanted to work. I wanted to be the best in my field. I wanted to win Emmys. I wanted to be on two national shows. And there was nothing wrong with that. But in that moment, all of that shame came back to me because all of a sudden, for the first time, the choice to be a mom was possibly being taken away from me because I was 35 with such a low ovarian reserve. And that's why this test is so important. I say, whether you want to be a mom, whether you don't know if you want to be a mom, whether you know it in your heart and in every fiber of your body, the best thing that we can give to each other is the choice to do that. And to me, that choice was being taken away. And that's what made me so angry. And so that's why I always advocate for this test. And every time I talk about it, it's simple. You can do it at like, literally you can do it at Quest Diagnostics. You can do it at your OBGYN. You can do it at your primary care physician. It's a simple blood test. It's often covered by insurance. And it at least gives you that first window into your reproductive right, health. Right, what happens, I think a lot of women start trying to have a family and that's when they find out that they were, you know, had facing this issue for a very long time. I remember when I was 30, this number of 35 was such an important number, yeah, right? It like, still is. I mean, it still is because scientifically, and we've had all these over yeah. Joanne, tell us, yes. I mean, we yeah. would love to tell you that, you know, 40s are the new 20s and, you know, and we are aging more graceful and, and staying us longer. <laughs> but there's a science behind it that backs up this reality that at 35, your egg counts are either going to 
the quality of them are just not going to be the same. So I've spoken, I think, about this briefly before. But, you know, so when I was 30, I started getting really paranoid. I knew I always wanted to be a mother. I knew I was also very focused on my career. I was not in a rush at that point. So I went proactively to a doctor just to check my quality and quantity. And at that point, he was like, listen, you're fine. You're only 30. Let's this, this wait. So right before turning 35... I talked to another doctor and he was like, look, it looks great. You look fine. But if you want to practically go ahead and freeze your eggs, just in case, is you're pretty much doing your storing instead of them being stored in your own body, which you're going to go ahead and release once every month. You're just keeping them in a, you know, the quality of them currently now in a safer place. And if you never use them, the only thing you're losing, I guess, at that point, it's money, right? Whatever money you spend doing this treatment. So I went ahead and froze. You did. Yeah, my eggs um, right before turning 35 because for some reason I had either read about it or heard about it, but I was so scared of reaching 35 and then having whatever quality or quantity dramatically. More than anything is quality, I guess, at that point because you're born with the number. What you're yeah, have. what you're gonna have. Yeah. Anyways, but it's interesting to hear your journey. So, what else did you learn? So, once you hear these news, like, what did you decide? Did you have to rush your plans of becoming a mom? Like, did you feel pressure? Yeah. As soon as I got the information, you know, I spoke with my husband, who I think was in complete shock because, you know, you can't see infertility. Like, you can't look at someone and say, oh, they're going to struggle to conceive. It's also not something that you inherit. Like, you know, I don't have a sister, but I've spoken to so many women that said, oh, but my sister popped out four kids back to back to back at 38, 39, 41, and 45. I'm like, those aren't your ovaries. (laughs) And even with your mother, oh, my mother, we're sick, so we're going to be fine. Yeah, Yeah, no, no. Exactly. You know, so there's all these misconceptions and myths about how somebody is fertile, why someone is fertile, you know, if you have heavier periods or lighter periods. All of that is nonsense. It is garbage. Mm-hmm. And we need to stop perpetuating these myths because they're not true. The only way that you can really get insight into your own reproductive health is to have a series of blood tests done, your FSH, your LH, and your AMH, and triangulate what those numbers mean, and also participate and do a vaginal ultrasound so they can actually go in and see what your follicle count is and say, okay, it's high, it's normal, it's right in the middle, it's perfect. And like you said, it's like knowledge is power, right? you thankfully went and had the right doctor to put you in the right place to make the right decision say hey you know what for me like i know that my fertility is going to drop off dramatically at 35. i want to keep my eggs at 32 or i want to freeze my eggs at 27 so that i give myself and this future baby the healthiest opportunity to survive and grow and have a wonderful beautiful pregnancy and sadly at 35 not only does your quality drop off your chances of miscarriage goes up anytime after 35 and you also become what they call a geriatric pregnancy um, oftentimes you have to see a high risk OBGYN when you're pregnant after 35. So there's a lot of complications involved with it. I think that listen, we are living healthier lives and there's amazing doctors out there. I see a high risk OBGYN and she's amazing, you know? So I think there's a lot of opportunities and options for us, but in our community specifically, we're not talking about it as often. Like I didn't know about egg freezing until I went to see my doctor and a specialist. I hadn't even uttered those words at brunch with my girlfriends. And we were all 35. Like, why weren't we talking about this? And, you know, this was back in 2015. Now I feel like, thankfully, women are taking more control of their reproductive health. And it's the most wonderful thing that you can do for yourself. Yeah, I think it's so important for two reasons also. So I find a lot of friends of mine are getting married maybe a little bit later, uh, not late, but later, right? And so a lot of times you have this conversation with your spouse where you're saying, 
you know, let's enjoy our marriage for a little bit and then we'll do this later. But if you don't have that little snippet of information that is going to allow you, like you're saying, to make the choice and to plan or whatever, you may later on find that you maybe wasted years or something. I have several friends who now find themselves in these situations where they're like, I no longer have the luxury. And had I known this information before that maybe they had a low egg count or poor quality eggs, then I wouldn't have said, let's spend these you know, years planning or whatever. And then the second thing I was going to say is it also, I think, it factors into if you want to have a second child, right? So I am 36. I'll be 37 this year. I have one child. She's two. Love her. She's great. Do I know if I want to have a second child? I don't know, right? And so one of the conversations that I recently had with my primary doctor was, I want to know if I have the luxury of of choice. a few more years. Yeah. And so she did the AMH test uh, on me as well. And the numbers came in slightly lower than where I'm supposed to be for my age. And so then I called my gynecologist and I was like, hey, my gynecologist is, he's a little bit more like rough around the edges. Like we, we did <laughs> we an episode. Yeah. yeah, we did an episode with him and he's a little bit like no filter, straight to the point, whatever. So I sent him a text message late at night recently. I don't think I told you about this. And I was like, listen, I got this test. I just want to know, you know, what's your POV on this with these levels? And he called me, it was at 10 o'clock at night. He called me and he says, listen, there's nothing crazy about your levels right now. One important thing that he said is that the AMH levels after a recent pregnancy, so within the span of a couple of years, it's not as valid versus if you take the test and you get those numbers when you have not been pregnant recently. So that was one thing, but then he went into the most savage mode ever and he said, you're 36, you're going to be 37. Today, you are more fertile than you will be tomorrow. And today, you're going to be more fertile than you will be in six months. And it's only going to go downhill here. So if you want to have a baby, you need to have a baby sooner than later. And that's all. And I hung up and I was yeah. like, thanks, jerk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Aloha, mamá. ¿Dónde andas? <laughs> Seguro de compras. Tengo mucho que contarte. Hawaii es increíble. He estado de un lado a otro comunidad. Todos son súper talentosos. Ya reparamos otro helicóptero Blackhawk y oficialmente formamos nuestro equipo de fútbol. Para la próxima, te cuento cómo voy con el surf y me cuentas qué te pareció el podcast que te compartí. ¿Ok? Te quiero mucho. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously. Shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. (laughs) No one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Arobay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita Boost Mobile. Hey guys, remember you can go back, listen to any past episode, and write us a review. We are Motherish, M O T H E R I S H, on Instagram, or check us out at motherishmoments.com. 
Let's talk about ART, Advanced Reproductive Technologies. Um, you're a big advocate about this and kind of just educating. And I, to be honest, I had never heard of this term specifically. And tell us about, you know, how did you get to where you are right now, which is, you know, your dream status. Yeah, which is sure. Expecting your baby. Um, I think I misunderstood IVF. I think we get a lot of marketing about IVF, which is like, oh, if you have problems getting pregnant, IVF. It's like this magical solution that results in a beautiful, healthy baby for every couple or every woman. That's just not true. Does IVF work? Yes. Is it an incredible advancement in science? Yes. Is it a very powerful tool to get women pregnant? Yes. It is not a magical solution. And there are a lot of times when IVF does not work. And that is a very costly outcome because when you look at the average cost of a round of IVF, when I say a round of IVF, that's inclusive of all of the doctor's appointments, all the vaginal ultrasounds, the medications, which are incredibly expensive, the retrieval of your eggs, the transfer of your eggs, the freezing of the embryos, you're looking at anywhere from 20 to $25,000 wow. yes. per cycle. So ART is inclusive of all of the options that a couple has to conceive. So that could be an IUI, which is your intrauterine um, insemination. It is inclusive of a donor egg, donor sperm. These are all tools that we have. And for some reason, IVF gets made into this like magical cure-all and it's not. And you know, if you're struggling with infertility, I've always said, what you want to do is give yourself all of the options in the world to become a parent. And when you're in it, it's so hard because, you know, of course I had dreamed of being pregnant and I had dreamed of giving birth and, and having my baby and having our baby. But when I released all of that and said, okay, what is it that Patrick and I really want, right? What is it that this means to us? It wasn't about getting pregnant. It wasn't about a delivery. It was that we wanted a family right? We wanted to be parents. And however we came to that incredible privilege didn't matter to me anymore. And I think as women, often we get so hot, like hung up on like this one way of doing it because it worked for this person or like, this is the way it's did supposed it to happen. Did it take a long time to make that realization? Like, did you get to, was it a very emotionally, I'm assuming draining? It was. Like when did, did, when did you have that aha moment? <laughs> Right, like this is what really um, matters. So after you know multiple failed IUI cycles, I think I probably did almost a dozen. Um, after two failed IVF cycles and multiple failed transfers, I remember I was on set um, at the Today Show, and Kathy Lee and Hoda knew what I was going through. They were one of the probably you know ten people that knew. You know, Kathy Lee is a woman of faith, and I respect. Um, her commitment to that. And I also respect how she shares that faith with other people. And, you know, I told her that I was really struggling and I was starting to lose my faith. And I think that's what IVF does for infertility robs you of so much of like just simple faith and joy in life. And I opened up to her about that. There was like a baby boom happening at the Today Show and everywhere I looked behind the scenes in front of the camera, everyone was pregnant. <laughs> and, you know, she said to me, I know that you've prayed. I know that this is all that you guys want, but I'm going to tell you the one thing you haven't done. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> I've done it all. There is nothing I have not done. I've eaten all the weird things. I've worn socks. I have like <laughs> cut everything out of my diet. I've seen the best specialist in the country. No, no, no. Don't come to me and tell me that there's something I haven't done. And she said, listen, and she said, you need to surrender. 
And she goes, there's so much power in doing that because this is what I believe. And I know not everyone believes this. At the end of the day, science can only take you so far. And I do believe that a baby is a miracle and it's a gift from God. And in that surrender was the conversation that Patrick and I had, which is, okay, I keep praying to get pregnant. I keep praying for a baby. That's not what this is about, right? I'm going to let that go and just put it in God's hands and say, okay, we want to be a family. Like we want to welcome a baby into our lives. However that comes, it's not up to me. And when I was able to do that, I think there was such an emotional release of all of that like anger and shame and guilt and inadequacies that I had felt that it made me feel like a thousand times lighter. Now, I know that not everyone is open to adoption. Not everyone is open to donor egg or donor sperm. Not, and I get that. And that's a decision that people have to make for themselves. But for me, there was so much power in that surrender because from us aligned our priorities and our priorities were to be parents. That's it. Simple. And after that, we really changed our approach. I relaxed a lot. I will say, you know, that happened right before COVID hit. That probably happened in the summer of uh, 2019. Um, and that's when I thought, okay, you know, we're going to try this again. But if this doesn't work, I'm not going to put myself through this pain. I've already been through this, you know, for four years. It's not working. It's not worth it. I'm losing myself. I'm losing my relationship with my friends. I'm losing my relationship with my family. Like, there was so much loss that I thought, is all of this loss worth it just because I want to be pregnant? No, you know, for us, it wasn't. And once we let that go, I think I just opened myself up emotionally and I opened myself up to the universe to receive ultimately this beautiful gift that was a result of IVF, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, a year later, after really taking time to reset, as COVID has done for so many of us, and say, hey, listen, like, this is the time and I'm ready for this in a different way. And, you know, I had spent so much time obsessing about the details, like, I got to go to acupuncture every week and I have to do this new thing and I have to eat this new food and like, oh my gosh, don't come near me with sugar and I got to wear socks. And the last time we did IVF, all of that went out the window. I think I had like a Coca-Cola. Like, <laughs> like when I started my dream, I like, I'm pretty sure I ate like a ton of junk food because it was COVID and I was eating everything in sight. And it's amazing once you just let go of a little bit of control. I think, you know, we put our energy into micromanaging this. You're not going to micromanage your way to a pregnancy. What was the reaction? I mean, I could only imagine when you guys finally got, this is it, this is happening and everything went fine and it was a success and it finally worked. I was in complete shock. My doctor called me. Um, I was had already like planned to go buy tons of pregnancy tests the next morning because I think it was four days before I was going to take my beta, which is the first test that kind of tells you after you transferred an embryo, whether or not you're pregnant. And you have to wait, I think like seven days for it even to register. And so my doctor called me the night before I was kind of almost like eligible to start taking at home pregnancy tests. And he had called me into his office that day to run what he called like very routine blood work. I didn't even question it because I was so focused on the beta on Monday that I didn't think anything of this. And he's tricky. And he called me in to take my beta like four days early. Wow. Just to see. This is someone who's been with me on this journey for six years, right? Yeah. Like he's as excited to get me pregnant as I am <laughs> to be pregnant. So he ran a test and he called me and he was like, it's very early. And I know your beta is not till Monday, but congratulations, you're pregnant. And I was like, did you call the wrong person? <laughs> I, I can't be I, I can't be pregnant because I haven't even taken my beta. He's like, no, that's what I ran today when she came into the office. 
And I didn't want you to spend the whole weekend obsessing over at-home pregnancy tests, which I'm sure you bought in bulk from Costco. <laughs> so, so I just wanted to give you that relief before you start taking the test. And he's like, obviously it's super early. And he definitely prefaced with that. He's like, but it looks really good. And like, I couldn't be happier. And so I was in shock and disbelief. And then I think I went into fear mode, which I think a lot of women mm-hmm. do yep. when they tried so hard and battled infertility for so long. I wish I could say to you that my first trimester was spent like overjoyed and like just so happy and like light that I was pregnant. It wasn't. I probably woke up every day for the first, I would say probably 14 weeks, basically asking myself if today was the last day I was going to be pregnant. That was the reality of my first trimester. Emotionally, it was exhausting. It was incredibly draining. And I also, for you know, those six years, had not really processed all of the loss that I had gone through over the last six years. You know, I think we talk a lot about miscarriage, but for women suffering with infertility and going through failed rounds of IUIs or IVFs, there is a loss that happens yeah. when an embryo is transferred to you and it doesn't implant. And that loss is real. And Nobody can tell me anything different. That is a baby that my husband and I made and that baby did not make it. And there are embryos that didn't make it. And those are babies to me. And there's a loss there. And it's different than a miscarriage and it's different than other things, but it's still a loss. And every cycle where I didn't produce enough eggs to retrieve was a loss. And in order to survive those six years, I had to like put that loss aside so that I could carry forward like a good soldier um, and fight that battle every day. And so what happened in my first trimester is all of that loss came back and I had to really face that. My first trimester emotionally was incredibly difficult. Yeah, because like you're like kind of mourning, but in a state of joy as well. And yeah. it's just, yeah. wow. Tell us about your work with Kind Body and why did you Absolutely. decide to, to join forces with them? Sure. So, you know, I think one of the things that I quickly realized going through this and being in so many offices across the country of what people consider to be the number one, two and three fertility specialists is that there are no women of color sitting in these waiting rooms. If you look around, the demographics are very homogenous. Um, they tend to be wealthy and white. And traditionally, IVF has been something that, you know, is safe for like the one or two percent. And the reason for that is because most of the time it's not covered by traditional health insurance plans. Um, it's incredibly expensive and cost prohibitive for most Americans. And you see that reflected in those waiting rooms. Meanwhile, I know that fertility doesn't discriminate, right? White people are not more fertile than black people. <laughs> um, black people are more fertile than Latinas. Like it, it's just not the way that fertility works. And I always thought, why is there such a discrepancy in the number of women of color represented in these waiting rooms? Because I know a lot of women of color. I am a woman of color and I know that motherhood has nothing to do with our race. And it really bothered me. And I also realized the incredible privilege I had to be in a position to afford IVF. And I thought, if I ever like get past this phase of my life, I need to understand the disparity that exists in this industry for women of color and communities of color. And so I started looking at the numbers and very quickly you realize that white women and non-Hispanic women are twice as likely to even ask their doctors for help when it comes to infertility. And that's because as a culture, we don't talk about infertility. We also don't talk about miscarriage. We don't talk about sex. Yeah. We don't talk about male <laughs> infertility. Okay. Like we talk, we don't about, talk about everything about we're not supposed to talk about. <laughs> exactly. And so 
this topic touches all of this shame and stigma in our culture. So we're not talking about it with our cousins. We're not, we're barely talking about it with our moms. And so if we're not talking about it, we're not asking questions about it. We're not getting information about it. We're not reaching out to other women saying, Hey girl, I know how this feels because we keep all of that is secret and silence can be really dangerous when you're going through IVF and when you're dealing with infertility. And, you know, there's other statistics that are really alarming, which is a lot of doctors, you know, primary care physicians make judgment calls about women of color. They think they can't afford it. They don't have health insurance. But who is that doctor to tell you and to make a decision for you about your own motherhood? That's not okay. And so when you look at those disparities, it's incredibly alarming. And I thought, Something has to change here. And so I started doing research on different companies and different clinics that were trying to break down that disparity and really reach communities of color when it came to reproductive health. And Kind Body is one of those clinics. They make their reproductive health services, and it's not just IVF and IUI. You can go there and see a gynecologist. You can go there for a million different reasons, but they're making this more affordable and more importantly, more accessible to all communities of color. Um, they're making it affordable for, you know, same sex couples that want to have a baby. Um, so they're incredibly inclusive. And it was something that was so attractive to me. So I approached them and said, listen, here are the numbers. Tell me why this is happening. And they confirmed what I suspected, which is everything I just shared with you. So I said, okay, how can we partner together so that communities of color and specifically my community, the Latino community is better educated and better resourced in this conversation. And so we partnered with an amazing nonprofit. It's called 100 Hispanic Women. And they have an incredible member base throughout New York and New Jersey. And Kind Body is actually going to do full fertility assessments at no cost to a dozen Latina women that are interested in understanding their own reproductive health. They could be in relationships, they could be in single, they could be in same-sex marriages, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's just women that really want to understand their fertility better and that then can go into their communities and be advocates for other women to say, hey, this is my experience, you should go talk to somebody. And whether you go to Kind Body or not, doesn't matter, but let's all start the conversations in our small inner circles. We know that's how things spread, right? Like if something's good, I'm telling my prima. Like she's got, she's yeah, the first yeah, yeah. to know. No, it's funny because when, <laughs> when I had the you procedure know? done, I told most of my girlfriends and I think I want to say maybe five of them ended up doing it. One of them ended up having to do the process twice because her egg count was so low. They barely got any out the first time, so she had to do it again. And, you know, she would have never known this if she wouldn't have gone through this. So, yeah. yeah. And that's why I'm saying that's why, you know, staying silent on an issue that impacts so many of us, especially as you look at the incredible success that Latinas are having professionally um, and in education. You know, we are prioritizing education and careers and ourselves, hell, over traditional standards and traditional norms, right? Like, I see these young women that I mentor that are like 22 right out of college and they're like, oh no, like I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to work for a few years. I'm going to travel. And then I'm going to think about a relationship. And then I'm going to think about a family. Nothing makes me happier to see them doing that at such a young age. But I always say to them, go like do that a hundred percent, but understand that every decision has consequences, right? right? So empower yourself, educate yourself to give you all of the opportunities that you could ever want, whether that's family opportunities, career opportunities, educational opportunities. So if you're 25, walk into kind body, take the test, like just know where you stand so that you can make those decisions to say, Hey, I have all the time in the world to wait, or you know what? I want an insurance policy on this. I'm going to freeze my eggs so that I don't have to think about this and I can prioritize myself over Mm -hmm. anything and everything else. I had never heard about freezing eggs until 
so I, I work at Facebook and obviously they have very incredible benefits and, and healthcare, things that I didn't have in my previous job. And I remember they were giving me an overview. I think I was 20, 28 or 29 when I started working there. And they're giving you the overview of the benefits. And it was like this entire huge section on fertility, family planning support is what they called it. And I was like, I had no idea. And it's crazy because my mom went through endometriosis. She went through years and years of fertility struggles with my brother. I was like 10, 11, whatever. I didn't care. I wasn't really paying attention. I knew that it was hard for her. But for me, it was like, oh, I don't have endometriosis. So therefore... I don't have good, to deal. Right. Yeah, I'm fine. Right. But it's so much more complex. And it, and it's true when you see these younger women who are wanting to, like, you don't want to ruin their ambition and their stride, but you just want to also inform them and say, like, you know, here's some knowledge. It's reality, some, right? Yeah. It's, it's reality. You just don't want time to rob you of a choice yeah. that's yours. Yep, totally. That's it. Well, thank you so much. We want to have you back when you have your baby in your arms. (laughs) So you can share your mother's moments with us. So I'll be so. I would love nothing more. So congratulations. And thank you for becoming now an advocate with that thing. And also very important title for you now. Yeah. Bye. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawaii es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español. Boost Mobile tiene una gran oferta para que aproveches tu reembolso de impuestos al máximo y te mantengas conectado. Al cambiarte a Boost, recibe un 50% de descuento en tu primer mes de datos ilimitados. O, con un plan ilimitado de 40 dólares, llévate un Samsung Galaxy A15 5G por $39.99. Obtén los mejores teléfonos en las redes 5G más grandes del país. Con Boost Mobile, cambiarse es fácil. Solo visita BoostMobile.com. Boost Mobile, sin miedo al éxito. Para clientes nuevos y solamente en línea, requiere Garopay. 50% de descuento en el primer mes requiere un plan de 25 dólares al mes. Aplican otras restricciones. Visita BoostMobile.com. Si no sabes que el Spicy McCrispy tiene Spicy Pepper Sauce en el pan de arriba y en el pan de abajo, ¿qué sabes tú de la vida? Para pa pa pa.